episode of NBA Geekly, our second episode, actually. Uh, taking over the slot for Full Court Press, the new title is NBA Geekly. Um, and joining me tonight is Jawan Carter. What up, Jawan? What's going on? Uh, huge shout-out to Joel, whose birthday is today. Who? Um, yeah, so shout-out to Joel for that. Happy birthday, Joel. Um, yeah, I didn't even ask him if he was going to be on tonight. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> ain't no fucking way that man's coming on the show tonight. Um, now, if it had been you, I probably would have still asked you. I probably would have been like, I know it's your birthday, bro, but like, are you going to be on tonight? <laughs> I probably would have. But not, completely not Joel. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I, pro- I mean, honestly, I probably would too. Um, in fact, I think my birthday this year is a Thursday. I'll probably still do a show. Like I, I got a, I got a thing lined up Friday. I'm playing a gig, um, the Friday after my birthday. So that's what I'm trying to get people to come to. So I'm definitely not doing anything on the day of my birthday. So, um, yeah, why not? I'm fucking, I'll, I'll do a show. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, we got work to do, uh, man. What, <laughs> yeah, damn right. Fucking come with it, Joel. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, but no, let's get into these topics, man. We got uh, the NBA schedule drop. Um, I had a chance to kind of breeze over it. It's a lot of fucking games to like take in. There are some interesting points that I want to address from it, um, and then we'll leave it open ended at the end if you got anything um, that you're looking forward to. But let's start with um, they have uh, it, obviously it's been an ongoing effort in the past couple seasons, maybe three or four even. Um, to reduce back-to-backs, they really made this a focus. Uh, two years ago, even you know, moving up the start of the season in order to do so, um, they've continued that this season. Uh, so the, if my memory serves me correct, I don't have it written down here in front of me, but they reduced um, the average number of back-to-backs per team from 13.3 to 12.6. So they almost got it cut down by one per team, um, uh, you know, around the league. Um, so just further reducing that. Um, that's good. Uh, the only <clears> – excuse me. The only concern there, uh, obviously, is um, the less back-to-backs you have, the less, you know, um, sort of longer stints off that guys can have. So it's harder to get those three-day periods where you're not playing – um, and that obviously affects practice time and other things like that. Some there have been various team officials um, that have expressed concern in that. They've also tried to make that a focus. Um, the way that these guys put together the schedule is, I know we harp on them a lot or harp on what the schedule ends up being, particularly the big games, um, and you know how we might do it different. Um, but the like the amount of time and effort that these people put into this is nothing short of amazing, um, and uh, I mean it's it's pretty much um, you know kind of uh, a year round effort, um, whether it be talking to various teams and team officials and um, the league and, and and listening to fans and all this kind of stuff, but like in the in the off season so. You know, um, basically from the start of free agency up until now, um, these guys are working overtime, uh, you know, to to make sure they get this done. 
um, 12 guys working around the clock, um, you know, to make sure that they get this done. So just shout out to them, all the guys who, who put in the effort. Um, so I'm giving you praise so I can shit on you later. <laughs> so, so we're 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 even handed here at NBA Geekly. Um but I will give them a little more praise. Good on them to further reduce back to backs and still be able to take into account um teams uh needing practice time throughout the course of a season. Um and just guys needing you know more than a day or two off at a time sometimes when you get into the dog days of the season. Um, you know, sometimes I would imagine it's nice to have a three-day stint where you can, like, go home and be with your family and take a little time off and, um, you know, maybe hit the gym, you know, a couple of those days to get some practice in or some workouts in, um, but not having to do all the necessary prep for, you know, that you would have to do for a game. Um, what are your thoughts on them uh, accomplishing reducing the back-to-backs even you know not much more but even a little bit more than what they were able to achieve last season I like it I mean what I find funny about it is back-to-backs were supposed to be um they were supposed to fix it so they could reduce the amount of games that um their big their big stars were sitting out because they didn't want to play back-to-backs and it's funny that right. now Kawhi has you know implemented the, you know, he didn't create it, but he's now made it um, mainstream of player management, or load management, I'm sorry. Um, right. So it's like we reduced it so you don't have back-to-back and you're still going to do load management and the players seemingly look like they're probably still going to do that. Um, but it's just the NBA trying to find more ways to appease their players. Um, I mean, it's literally the only sport that, that tries as, as hard as they do. Um, to appease their players. Football just doesn't care. Uh, baseball struggles with, you know, becoming more mainstream. Um, so, I mean, basketball is just trying to keep its, its players happy. And essentially, when doing that, of course, you, you know, you unfortunately screw yourself in other areas. So, um, could it mess up practices, stuff like that? Sure. But it's like, what do you guys want us to do? Like, we're, we're trying right. to trim some fat. you got to so pick one or the other. Right, right. And it's interesting, so it's too, like, um, that it's really the teams that want that more than the players, you know. So it's like, yeah, like, it's all good. But, it's, I mean, it's a player's league, um, whereas NFL is more of a team league. Um, so, again, you know, they, 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 usually, they usually tend to default to, to what the players want. Right. And to me, it's one of those things where it's like um, – you know, the, the players are going to have to start trying to find a way to better help the NBA also. It can't just be um, NBA, you know, do whatever we want. It's like, no. And I hate to use this analogy, but it's like you don't let the inmates run the asylum. And essentially it's what these NBA players are trying their hardest to do. Um, so if you're Adam Silver, you're trying to find a way to appease uh, the guys who pay the checks for the players. And the players. Right. Um, so, to me, it's a very tough situation that they're in. And all this move shows me is that they're obviously trying whatever they can to keep everyone happy. And I think this is a really good step. How Adam Silver gets guys like Kawhi and LeBron and AD not to do load management this upcoming season is going to be damn near impossible. But this is a good start by telling them, you don't, at least you don't have as many back-to-back to need to do load management as you would have, say, last year or the year before. Right. And along with that, you have 
and they've implemented this. It, it, obviously, it's a it's it's a constant work in progress. But you know, I I mentioned what these guys do and 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 um, you know uh, and and how they work so hard at this and tirelessly at this. They they have you know a system, a computer um, that that runs various simulations, and obviously there's um, that helps do things that you know just a human can't necessarily sit and do. Um, but then you have to have that human element as well, um, and and like part of that is they're able to do these subset programs with these simulations. They basically say like, all right, we're we know we're not going to be able to completely eliminate back to backs. Um, a like you know theoretically you could do it with the amount of days that are in a you know in, in an NBA season. Um, but you know the the availability from arena to arena. I mean, just think about the the Lakers and the Clippers. They share an arena, <laughs> like that obviously <laughs> presents a problem. Um, right. Think about uh, how the Spurs do their rodeo road trip every year. Um, they mm. do that because the rodeo is fucking held in San Antonio at that time of year. Um, so like they like they can't occupy the building then. Um, so they have all of these various things that they have to plan around, and that's not including concerts, hockey games, like all of this stuff that you know they have to plan around. Um, so the fact that they're still working on it, still perfecting it, um, is, is great. And one of the things that they're really improving on is is when they do have back to backs, is having um, having these back to backs be either home games. Um, or being, you know, uh, basically they are implementing uh, a way in which they can figure out how long it will take um, players from the end of a game to leave an arena and get to their hotel at the next city. Um, And that's just like – that's like going over the top to try and appease these guys and to try to make the schedule as – best they possibly can um and i i'm just like um i would love to like really sit down and and just spend a day with these people and see like for myself what they do um because like i'm someone who like loves shit like this like loves um would love sitting down uh fuck for a day i would love it but even like I would just I would love to be employed by them for like a month being one of those like 12 people who is like sitting in there constantly working out the best different ways fixing and and fitting all these puzzle pieces together. I just think it's crazy. I think it's super it is very geeky, which is apt for uh our 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 show name. Um but uh <laughs> but also like you know and and that's that comes into play like it's one thing to have a back-to-back when, let's say, you're the L.A. Lakers and you, you know, play Golden State and then you got to go back home and then play, you know, uh, somebody else the next day at home. Um, it's an entirely different thing when you have to play, let's say, I don't know, Toronto, and then you have to go all the way back to L.A., um, and play the next day. So they've eliminated those. There's no longer coast to coast back to backs. Um and they're trying um to to very much limit anything uh that would be multiple time zones um as far as back to backs. So like to me that's just like really impressive. Obviously it's 
more difficult in the Western Conference that has three time zones to work with as opposed to the Eastern Conference, which only has two. Um, but nevertheless, like it's um, it's a lot of work that these guys put in. I think it's I think it's probably largely goes um, uh, unappreciated, honestly. Um, and then even like even other little things like looking at um, you know making sure that. Uh, taking into account the high altitude of, of um, games that take place in Denver or in Salt Lake City. Um, and, and like you like having that under consideration when you're making a schedule, like all of these little elements that they, they include. Um, so, so props, props to those guys. I mean, they, they, they put in a lot of effort. Um, all right, but let's move on to the next little thing that I, uh, I, I listed. Oh, and by the way, um, if you want to listen to uh, the the people who made the schedule, did an awesome podcast with Howard Beck. Um, he has the podcast, The Full 48. Um, I listened to that one from time to time. This one was particularly good if you're uh, a big NBA geek like myself. Um, but they um, they go much more into detail um, on, on this and all the ins and outs of what they do than you know what we're going to have time to lay out for you here. Um, so if you have a further interest in, in this, uh, be sure to go check out that podcast, the Full 48 um, but podcast uh, by Howard Beck. Um, but anyway, let's jump back into it. Um, another really fucking cool thing they did, um, they managed to reduce the number of 1030 Eastern time start times uh, for nationally televised games uh, from 57 games to 33 games. That is fucking awesome. This is not something that necessarily concerned me um, two years ago um, and even prior to that because of the, the, you know, the jobs that I had at that time. But for somebody who wakes up at 6 a.m. every morning now, um, it is really fucking hard to stay up and start a game at 1030 and finish it. Um, so the fact that they are reducing these and that I will be able to, because of that, like consume more basketball is fucking awesome. So I applaud them for that. Um, that was just simple to me. I think it's great. I, I do think that um, there may be uh, – it, it may make it perhaps a little more difficult for people who live on the West Coast um, to watch the entirety of um, the Eastern Conference games uh, on those back-to-backs. However, that being said, they're still going to be able to catch the end, which is the important part of the game. Like so many people out here on the East Coast can't make it till the end of the fucking game for a lot of these marquee matchups. And like, let's face it, the way the, the league has kind of transitioned again after it almost kind of tried to balance itself out last year, like look at where all the stars are again. Like Kawhi went out west, um, Anthony Davis uh, went out to L.A., so that's even further west, and obviously they're going to have more marquee games. LeBron went last season. Um, th- there's just uh, there, there's a lot of these stars that have have that now currently play out there, um, and like you know a lot of players that a lot of people want to see. Um, so it's just cool that they're you know taking that into account, and I'm sure. A lot of this, whether they keep this going into next season, will be, you know, based on what their ratings tell them. 
Um, but I would imagine this will definitely increase their ratings on the East Coast, which, by the way, um, the Eastern um, time zone uh, is 50% of the people who watch these games because that's still the most heavily populated um, time zone in, by far um, in the country. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense to cater um, to 50% of your audience in making these games you know, a half hour or an hour earlier or however early you can make it. Um, Jawan, being someone who lives on the East Coast, what are your thoughts on this? Um, well, here's the thing. You took the exact point I was going to uh, bring up on the idea of all of the best. You could say if you think uh, as far as all-stars, like even if you want to say superstars, um, that there's about ten of them, you can make an argument ten of them are in the West. Um, you can make an you, argument, yeah. You could make an argument of that, right? So to me, I would it's say like Embiid. Me, I mean, Embiid's in the East, but Embiid's in the East. Uh, Giannis is in the East. Um, but right, I mean, there's you good one. Yeah. Like if we went through, we could go Harden, Westbrook, LeBron, AD, Kawhi, Paul George. I'm at six already. Um, and, right, and with two I'd teams. The, <laughs> right, I'd say Steph Curry, Dame. Clay Thompson. Dame, right. I'm at nine now, you know? So it's like you yeah. could say ten of the best of the best are in the West. So if you live in the right. East Coast and you have to get up early and you can't watch the, the full of the game, so what, like you said, the best part of those games are usually always late third, uh, you know, fourth quarter. I'm probably asleep by that time. <laughs> so it's, it'd be yeah, better. I'm definitely if asleep I could, by that time. Right. So <laughs> I need, you know, you pushing it to where I could get that, um, so I could see those those good moments. Um, are the I can't tell you how many times Nick Thunder played Golden State. I fell asleep, woke up, and it was like Golden State came back from twenty. Like when? Yeah. When did this happen? Um, right. So it's it's very frustrating. Uh, but if you live on the East Coast, you're not really worrying about nail biters from the Hawks or the Knicks. Um, you know, you know uh, the Nets really this season really. So it's like. Some of the, the teams that me and you would care to see on the East Coast, it, it doesn't really, you know, I doubt it matters to people really in the West Coast. So for us, Probably the not. best players are all in the West. <laughs> so it's like, give me more time to watch those games so I can enjoy them start to finish. Um, and again, right. this is another step of the NBA trying its best to appease everybody. Um, you know, so that their popularity one day can overtake. Um, uh, we've had this conversation numerous times, Nick. I do believe the NBA will overtake the NFL. Um, and doing more and more Someday. things like this is, is, is how you, you get to be able to do that. So the world can enjoy yeah. these games, not just one coach. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just to be clear, uh, I want to make sure not necessarily the 10 best players, but 10 of the best players. Um, yeah, yeah. Not, but I'm yeah, sorry. I, I mean, might have worded it that way. I'm sorry. And like I said, you could make an argument if you, if you think, um, you know, if you're naming 10 of the best of the best, right? If you're just naming 10, and I'm not saying there's only 10, but if you're just naming 10, right. you could make an argument the 10 are in the West. Um, and then the rest of the list, you could say it's spread out. But definitively, you could take 10 from the West, and you could say that they're all all-stars or superstars. Um, we just named right. nine. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Um, 
and that, and then that, that we didn't have even close to a fringe guy on that list either. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, and that's and that's really what it boils down to. I think this this one in particular is a move to appease the fans. We'll see if it um, really increases the ratings. Um, I I really hope it does. Um, I, I don't necessarily worry too much that it will. Um, decrease the the eastern uh eastern game ratings uh mainly because like you said like i don't think i think people are still going to tune in when they get off work on the west coast um if you know if they're basketball people and if they're not basketball people and they just want to watch you know the the primetime game for them then they're going to watch that anyway they weren't going to watch the the eastern conference game of the night or whatever anyway um right. so uh, I still think it's going to help out a lot. Um, I, I hope that they can kind of continue to get this number even lower um, if, if this is successful. Um, it does make it difficult, say, let's say, if you have, um, say, if your your matchups that night involve a home game for, let's say, Houston and then a home game for Golden State. Because um, obviously you wouldn't want to start a game for Houston at seven o'clock Eastern standard time, because that would be six o'clock their time. And that may make it harder for people to like get off work and get to the game and all that kind of stuff. Um, so there's some obvious roadblocks there to, to being able to achieve that. Um, but by reducing it as much as they did, um, like that's, that's a huge fucking number to go from 57 to 33. Like, Dude, that's that's really fucking impressive. I mean, that's almost fifty percent. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I I'm I'm really happy about that. Um, that's that's just gonna make my life so much easier. Um, let's hope that it is successful and that this will translate into the playoffs as well, um, because that was what it would like became really hard for me. Um, was like. Because I, I, you know, I wasn't going to not watch the game, like be responsible and be like, all right, I'm gonna go to bed because I'm tired. Um, no, I'd go and like try my best to like stay up as long as I possibly could, and then I'd fall asleep, and like you said, and then you know I'd wake up and I'd still be fucking tired as shit, um, and I wouldn't even have the 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 like luxury or or whatever of. You know, being satisfied by seeing Dame Lillard fucking hit a bomb ass three, uh, you know, to to fucking destroy the Thunder's dreams, you know. Um, although I, I think I did see that game, I'm pretty sure I did see that one. Uh, but there were a couple of those um, Portland OKG games that I just fucking fell asleep to, and I was just like, damn, dude, I can't believe I did that. Um, so let's hope this this is successful and that it translates to the playoffs because. Um, it'd be really nice if I could actually stay up and watch these um, these you know Western Conference uh, playoff games as well. Um, and they figured it out for the finals. You know they they don't they don't have a game um, that starts later than uh, or, or at least programming um, that starts later than nine o'clock. So um, it would seem like the template is there. Uh, but we shall see. We shall see if they translate that um, from this and with any sort of results from the finals and, and make that, that change for um, other other playoff games. Um, but all right, let's move on. 
I wanted to talk about this because I thought this was really interesting. Um, Howard Buck specifically asked them um, if um, essentially the NBA champs automatically get a Christmas Day game. And they both said there's really like two guys in charge of this. I, I will try to pull up their names um, before we get done just to give them a shout out. Um, I think I've given them enough of a shout out, but it would be nice to attach their name to it. Um, but uh, they both said that is not a like an automatic qualifier. However, they did say that they try to do that. They think it's um, that uh, different um, teams and players and, and people that they have spoken to throughout the league think it's a good idea um, for for the NBA champs to to play the following Christmas. Obviously, this was kind of a, a stranger season, though, because the NBA champs lost their premier player, which has never happened, um, at least not in this fashion. Um, I would say it hasn't happened since Michael Jordan left the Bulls um, both times. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, ha- it definitely hasn't happened in this fashion where the player left them to go join another team. What are your thoughts here? That you know, they're saying that it's not an automatic qualifier. Um, my kind of initial thought would be, well, if it's not an automatic qualifier, like give us a better fucking Christmas Day game. I don't really care about Toronto playing Boston, um, but that's just me. What are your what do you, what do you take away from it? Well, being uh, like I attribute it to football, like the fact that the season, this football season starts. Bears, Packers, or, or Packers, Packers play someone, and the Super Bowl champs play Sunday night is atrocious to me. Like it, it just it does not make any sense. You're, the team who won the Super Bowl should be the team you start your season with. Um, just regardless, it should be. It's marquee. All the eyes are gonna want to be there. I even think for basketball, obviously, like you just said, this would be a weird time to do it um, because of the somewhat drastic change of Golden State and the, the drastic change of, of Toronto losing Kawhi, but usually that does not happen. So I think one of the premier matches of the, um, you know, of Christmas Day should be a rematch of the NBA Finals. Um, and, and, you know, to me, like, for example, this year, Clippers win it over the Bucks. I would love to see Clippers play Bucks again on Christmas Day. Um, have that even be the first time that they play each other? Uh, to me, it's just it, it's where all the eyes are going to be. Usually, nine times out of ten, stars are who end up in the NBA Finals. Um, so, I mean, it never hurts putting stars as marquee games on Christmas Day. So, to me, yeah, um, I get it. This year, it's a little it's a little weird. Even though I would still have Toronto versus Golden State, just not as like a premier time slot. Um, you know, to me, I just feel like if the two best teams aren't playing on Christmas Day, what is your recipe for Christmas Day? Isn't it to have the best teams playing? Um, so if the two best teams are just in the finals, they should 100% be playing. Now, whether it's against each other, you can determine that. But those two teams should be playing on Christmas Day. See, I just think you should play it by ear. I mean – I think under most circumstances you should because it would be a quote-unquote marquee matchup. I don't think it is this year. Um, I mean, we'll see what happens with Golden State, but they're not going to have Clay Thompson back by then. Um, and, you know, obviously Toronto doesn't have Kawhi. 
um, I, I don't know. I just think it's weird. There's other teams that I would have preferred to have seen, you know. Um, but, you know, I, 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 can, I can see where you're coming from there. I just think – I find it interesting for them to say, well, it's not – it's, you know – they're leaving themselves that wiggle room, I guess, by saying, well, yeah, yeah, it's not a qualifier. Like, if you win the championship, you don't automatically get a Christmas Day game. But, you know, you essentially, like, we take that into account, um, and, and, you know, chances are, you know, in your favor that you're going to get that game. And what's you're going funny to get about it, that, no less. What's funny about this thing that is – the NBA is driven by stars, right, Nick? So you're essentially right. telling me that let's let's go let's go last year, right? So Golden State won not not literally the year that just ended, but the year before. Golden State won with Durant. You're telling me that when you're making Christmas games, uh, you're making the schedule for it, you're looking at Golden State with Durant and going, nah, they don't really need to play Christmas Day. Like I'll pick somebody else. I'll put the Kings in there. I'll I'll, I'll put the Bucks in. Like no, like come on, don't right. insult and our that's my point. Of course, you're right. you're going to put them in there. Exactly. So you don't necessarily even need any sort of qual. I I guess that's my point. Is like it it should all be on a case by case basis. Like I just I don't care to see Toronto play on Christmas. You know what would have been cool is seeing Toronto play on Christmas Day last season, which we didn't get. <laughs> like that would have been cool. Uh, now they don't have Kawhi, and now you put them on Christmas Day. It's like, no, now I don't care. Um, so, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't. Like, who the fuck cares? Like, if, if you're not a, a Boston or Toronto fan, I don't think – like, I don't even think there's any players on those teams that are, like, have a big enough following to where people just follow them. You know what I mean? Like, um, like I mean, I guess – who would you say? Uh, Kimba? Would be the biggest, but he's been in Charlotte so long. I don't think he really I has would, like a a following. Like, I mean, Siaka maybe because he made a name for himself. Maybe Tatum. Like, none of those guys are fucking stars. Like, yes, Kimba is a fucking star as far as a player, but not as far as a brand. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I I I just don't. I don't know. I just don't need it. Like, and if I don't, if I'm gonna get those teams, like I like I said. Uh, and I said this to Luke, if you're going to have Boston in there, um, then give me Philly versus Boston just because that's like, you know, a, kind of a classic rivalry. Um, and then, you know, you can give me Toronto versus Milwaukee, or I like your idea. Give me Toronto versus Golden State. I know they're probably not going to do that because they don't like to have Christmas games be so far away from each other, like having one team have to travel that far. Um, but, you know, like let's say – if you're Golden State and you played Christmas Day at noon in Toronto, um, what, that game's done by 2 o'clock, which is uh, 11 o'clock um, your time. You, you hop on a plane and you fly back. By the time you get back, you're there for fucking Christmas dinner, bro. Like, you're good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and to I me, I think they could if you – and if you look at Golden State's roster currently constructed in Toronto's, I don't heavily favor necessarily uh, either one of those teams. I mean, you'd look at it. No, no. They got got – Not without Clay Thompson. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, to me, it would be a watchable game. I just don't need it at premier time. 
Um, but a hundred percent, I do feel as though. I, right, I do feel as though the the teams in the finals should be playing on Christmas Day. Um, it just depends on, like you said, where you put them, and even sometimes maybe a trial basis. But to me, some of the biggest stars are usually in the finals, so it's hard to sell that they don't need to be on Christmas Day. So that's why I said it's like they should always do it. And if you want to keep up with that, have Toronto play Golden State this year, just like you said, at noon. So no one really cares to watch it. Um, but at least it's still <laughs> – I mean, Christmas I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch all these games. Like, that's all I do on Christmas, dude. I don't do shit on Christmas. I, I visit family on <laughs> Christmas Eve. I ain't got shit to do on Christmas except fucking watch basketball. Like it is fucking glorious. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't prefer to spend my Christmas any other way. Um, but, uh, but I do. I, I'm smelling what you're selling. Like you, you know, you don't make it one of the marquee games. One of the you know either five o'clock or eight o'clock games. Um, right. But yeah, no. I mean, I, I, I feel you there. I mean, for the most part. Um, you know, it just in in a like you said, in the general sense, I think um, I, I think everything kind of figures itself out with that just from your your star players and your marquee players, um, and you know the fact that a championship team doesn't now have one a year later, I think makes them less bankable, less watchable, less people just aren't going to care about them as much. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think that's just, this is a crazy weird, different scenario than we've ever had, um, in, you know, well, within this say, discussion. So I will say we did have it more recently. Um, and you know, obviously it, you know, we wouldn't Cleveland? want to see that. Yeah. LeBron did it twice. They didn't win it, but. <laughs> so, no, they didn't win it, but they were in it. Um, and we had no desire to see that Cleveland team play yeah, on Christmas Day at any on. time slot. No, but I, I'm saying, like, that, that, that's the only other time I remember recently that the best player that on that team close. that was in the finals right. was gone. Yeah. And we had no interest in seeing that team at any time uh-uh. slot on Christmas Day. Nope. None whatsoever. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, maybe it'll turn out to be a great game. Um Interestingly enough, I did want to mention this before we move on. Um, so in this in this interview, Howard Beck mentions that the Knicks aren't on Christmas Day. Um, he mentions that a lot of, I guess, his followers on Twitter were happy about it, or maybe just people that he saw on Twitter were happy about it. Um, but he doesn't ask them about it. Thinking, I was, like, waiting. I was like, dude, I want to hear what they have to say about this. Um, and, and according to Beck, they have been um, they have been on Christmas Day nine out of the last ten Christmases. Um, so they did they weren't on the schedule one time. Um, so it's not as tradition as Joel might like us to believe. But nine out of ten is still ninety percent of the time. Um, what are your thoughts there? Um, I know that, you know I'm not giving you a lot to go on, but like come on, dude, like. Beck, you need to ask that fucking question. Am I wrong here? I just assume, I mean, yes, you do ask that question, but I just assume they figure it's the Big Apple. So, like, the Big Apple should always be, uh, like, again, the Knicks usually play on Martin Luther King Day. Um, Like, major. And you know what else I think it is? Uh, Just real quick. I think maybe Mm -hmm. we have, we have more, we have more great teams, or we have more spread out talent than we usually have had in the more recent years. Um, if that makes sense, 
Like there's more good yeah. teams that like like con- contender teams, and it, it would be harder um, to just throw them in a game than you know what maybe they're able to do on you know a lot of seasons recently. Yeah, I mean, to me, if the NBA views Knicks playing on Christmas as a tradition, then you definitely don't have Toronto play. Um, you know, you, you put Knicks in that spot. Um, but, I mean, like I said, it, it's hard because it's like, cool, I put the Knicks in, but you telling me I'm not putting Philly in? You tell me I'm not putting Boston in? You tell me I'm not putting Golden State in? Yeah, you don't put Boston um, so in. It, Boston got me, one last year. I, I get it, but I would me, put Brooklyn. I kind of feel – New York versus Brooklyn. Like, fuck you, you Kyrie. Have, you gonna, do that. You're going to yeah. steal KD and go to Brooklyn? We're going to whoop your ass. Like, that'd be a storyline. That would be great. That that would be great. But I think maybe they view – because Boston does play Christmas Day, right? Right. They play Toronto. Yeah, okay. So I, I think they kind of viewed that as Boston is probably going to be in the playoffs. So it's like, I don't want to put all your yeah. playoff teams essentially on Christmas Day. Um, so Except for the Pelicans. I, wait, the Pelicans are playing Christmas Day, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah, I, actually, I actually think they have I think they have a really good shot of making the playoffs. We'll know for sure if they're able to win that game, uh, what the DNA of that team <laughs> will probably look like around that time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's that's definitely a, a question you ask. It's definitely a question yeah. you ask. Um, and I think putting pe- – Again, Nick, me and you are the only ones who 100%, not, not 85, not 99.9, 100% believe the draft was rigged for the Pelicans to get Zion. <laughs> yeah. So it 100% makes sense that <laughs> yeah, they do. televise Zion <laughs> as much as possible. Um, so to me, that kind of makes sense. It's like we went through all the trouble to get you Zion. We're going to televise them as much as we possibly can. Um, so, I mean, we'll I, get to I, that. I, I guess that's why they're there, but I'm with you. You, you ask these questions. Like, <laughs> these are questions we need answers to. Um, you know, it's not like dire questions, but it's just like we want to know, like, what what goes into Christmas Day, and is there a such thing as a Christmas Day tradition as far as a specific organization always being um, premiered during Christmas Day? Like, I, I think that's a really good question that should have essentially been asked. Yeah, I uh I was I was bummed that he didn't ask it. He just brushed right by it. Um but oh well. It was still a great uh great interview. Um but that was that was definitely the standout to me. I was like, What? Like, you're even gonna ask about the day? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, like I, I you know what? I, I could just imagine like if I had been listening to that with Joel, Joel would have just thrown his hands up and been like, Of course he ain't gonna ask the fucking question. <laughs> like no like this is the kind of shit we go through. <laughs> um, but no nevertheless, no respect. Yep. Um, I would imagine they'll be back next year. Like I, I don't think. I think it. You know, like I said, it was nine out of the ten last year. So there was one year in the past ten years where they weren't on Christmas Day. Um, so like essentially, this would make. Um, what uh nine we'll say nine out of eleven like if you're if you're basically you know on for that kind of trajectory uh then you, you're probably going to be on again next year but we'll have I'll to wait and if, see that's a year away if you're 
if you're a Knicks fan that wants the Knicks to be on Christmas Day next year, best thing you can ask for is for the Knicks to be good this year, for it to make it really yeah. hard for them not to have them next year. Um, oh, well, so, if they're I mean, good, they'll definitely be. That's the thing. I right. mean, if they, if they had, you know, killed it in free agency or whatever, they would definitely be there. They just obviously didn't. So, um, But I, well, no, I, do, I, mean, I am curious. I do wonder, though, if, if part of this is I, – I wonder how much money Madison Square Garden takes in on Christmas Day. And I wonder if part of this is kind of the um, – the league kind of kind of finally starting to lay down the hammer on Dolan a little bit, like and just being like, God, you're so fucking terrible. Like we're just not going to reward you anymore. Like even if you you know y'all have arguably the best fan base, like and make no mistake about it, like the Knicks, um, they like the Knicks fan base is so fucking supportive in the face of pure incompetency um, of ownership. Uh, it's it's crazy. Like there's maybe well, only one other franchise that I could put. No, two. I could put two other franchises on that sort of pedestal: the Lakers and the Bulls. That's it. Like there's only two other franchises that can even come close. Um, but I wonder. I wonder if that's a thing. But that's if it is a thing. That's a huge issue I have. And then and to Joel's point of the Knicks not being there, knowing that they. <clears throat> have been there, like you just said, what, nine out, nine out of the past 10 years or now nine out of the past yeah. 11. Um, my biggest yeah. issue with that is if they got Kyrie and Durant or even just Durant, um, but obviously he was still, um, you know, getting healthy, they would have televised right. the Knicks on Christmas Day. So to me, oh, my issue yeah, is what if? you were saying you, you're essentially um, punishing the fan base because we weren't able to get marquee free agents. Which to me is you then saying there isn't I don't, a specific. But I don't see it that way. I see, I see that as a side effect. If that makes sense, like you're, you're, you're punishing Dolan, and the side effect of that is, you know, the fans obviously don't get what they, you know, crave. Um, but like. I mean, at some point, like, it's like, fuck, man, maybe you gotta, like, maybe you just gotta be like, sorry, Knicks fans, like, we know you're fucking great, we know you're, like, so loyal, and you're gonna fucking pack the arena, and you're gonna fucking make, you know, you're gonna make the fucking Knicks organization, like, five million dollars on Christmas Day, um, but, you know, like, fuck, if not more, who knows, I have no, no clue how much a Christmas Day Knicks game would like how much Madison Square Garden would take in. I would imagine it would be a gargantuan amount of money. I'm just, um, I'm just saying I don't think you could sell to me that these Christmas games are luck of the draw. There, you obviously have a specific thing you're looking for when booking these games on Christmas Day. Oh yeah, they're Same definitely way, not luck of the draw. Right. So to me us not being there essentially is only because you do not view us as a talent good enough to put on uh, Christmas Day. So that, to me, I take personally. Um, and if I'm the Knicks, I'm like, all right, cool, bet. I got you. Watch us, you know? But to me, it's just one of those things where sure, it's like... Sure, but you're, 
not a top ten team. Like, I mean, we're, there's only ten teams that get to play on Christmas. Um, you're not a top ten team, and you and you're not even like, let's say, you know, obviously the Pelicans aren't a top ten team either, but they have Zion. No, like, so there's a draw, right? No, it's listen. That's what I'm saying. I get it, but it's just like you can't tell me that the draft isn't fixed. Just like you can't tell me that you, not a machine, you are choosing what you deem to be a viewable Christmas Day schedule, which is fine. No, that, but, I'm just but they're saying, not saying that. That's what I'm saying. They're no, 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 not no, no, saying no. that. They they go through and pick the games, like they they do. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just saying, like. I get it, but it's purely, like, when you say things like, you know, the, the the teams in the finals, like, they don't have to be. Like, dude, you're going for what is the biggest draw, and nine times out of ten, whoever's in the finals is a draw. So it's like none of this scheduling is confusing or anything like that. It's just obviously you're trying to maximize um, people that have come and watch the, you know, the games on Christmas. So you go for the best team. And tune in. And then you right. look at it. Right, you look at it and you go, but Toronto's there and Pelicans are there. All right, whatever. <laughs> so it's like, not ain't Pelicans, bro. Zion. Come on. Right, right, true. I mean, and to be fair, like I said, I do think they they will be good this year, um, and we will know by Christmas Day if that's the case and if whether or not they truly deserve to be there. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 all very interesting, all the schedule stuff. So a um, couple more things I want to touch base on. So the Raptors, Lakers, and Pelicans were the teams that got the trifecta. They got opening day, Christmas Day, and Martin Luther King Day nationally televised games. Lakers, obviously, makes sense. You got Braun, you got AD. Um, Raptors, I've explained why I think this is a weird outlier of a championship team, but they did win the championship last year. Um, when it comes to the Pelicans, though, that's a little, it's a little weird. Um, now, obviously, we know why. Fucking Zion, as we've said. Um, but still, they get the they get opening day, they get Christmas Day, and Martin Luther King Day, all nationally televised games. A lot of teams play on Martin Luther King Day, but there's only a handful that are nationally televised. Um, the Pelicans happen to be nationally televised. Now, all of those games happen to be road games. So they're not giving them too much stock yet. They're not giving them those marquee games at home, but they are getting these marquee games. Um, another interesting thing to tack on here, um, the Pelicans <laughs> The Pelicans have 30 nationally televised games this year, 30 out of 82. Um, that's fucking crazy. Now, a lot of those, a lot of those uh, you know, are uh, – NBA TV games as well. So let's make that clear. Um, but, like, just to put that in context, like, versus how many the Hawks are getting, the Hawks got 11. <laughs> the Pelicans got 30. The Hawks had inarguably the best rookie down for the last two months of the season, the best rookie throughout the last two months of the season last year. Um, they've got, like, this really exciting young core. Everybody who talks about the Hawks, are like, man, we're really fucking excited about the Hawks. Um, they got 11. Dude, this is this, – this seems a little overboard to me. And I, I say that at the risk of sounding like a hater because I'm not. I will watch 
the majority of these games because I'm just as interested as everybody else in watching Zion. Um, but, like, if you had told me it was 20, I would have been like, yo, dope, we're going to get to watch fucking Zion, like, 20 times this year. Um, 30? I'm like, damn. Like, they are really trying, like, to go out of their way to, like, prop this kid up and to, like, really try to sell this franchise to the the nation, really. If they're putting this many games, uh, if they're televising this many games nationally, um, I don't, I'm not going to get to conspiracy theory here, um, but just as a, as a quick side note, since you mentioned it earlier, it does kind of – it does kind of cement home like at least a, a, a small little point of um, credence to back up the rigged draft lottery conspiracy theory. Like, you know, they're losing Anthony Davis. We'll give them Zion. We'll give them all these fucking nationally televised games. Um, I don't really buy that whole aspect. Um, and I'm not a hundred percent with you. I, I say a lot of it more tongue in cheek. I, I gotta be honest. Um, but I, I don't put, I'm more of 50, 50 really. If you, if you were to, if I was to really be truthful about it, as far as the whole rigging of the lottery. Um, but it does, it does seem very, um, uh, just the, the, the way it all planned out seemed very, um, coincidental uh or not so coincidental if you will um but i i say all this to to ask this question with the pelicans getting 30 games i don't know how many the knicks are getting no idea i didn't look it up um but the hawks are getting 11 so that may give you some insight as to what you could expect for your next um it that's that's a little fucking crazy to me i think that's a little too much for two reasons one like, I think you're almost kind of putting a little too much pressure on Zion. Like we've, we've talked about that a little before. Like, the organization has done a really good job of trying to correctly word things and phrase things as not to put that kind of pressure on him. What the league is now doing is very converse to that, what the team wants to do. Um, now, I'm sure they're not turning their nose up at all those nationally televised games, but nevertheless, um, it is somewhat of sending mixed messages to me. And, like, there's also a part of me that's like, you know, again, like, my Hawks got 11. I think they proved a lot down the stretch of last season. I think they they earned a little bit more than 11, whereas, you know, the Pelicans are kind of just walking in with all of these young dudes that they've cobbled together, including – one of the best prospects we've seen in God knows how long. Um, but nevertheless, 30 fucking games, it just seems a little much. Uh, I, I know I'm rambling, so I'll just pass it over to you. What are your thoughts on, you know, the the Raptors, Lakers, Pels getting the trifecta, um, but also just the Pelicans getting so much nationally televised games this season? Well, it makes sense. It makes sense only because with LeBron – approaching his last three, four, maybe five years, uh, five being generous, maybe three being generous, but his last stretch. There's nobody in the NBA that um, can take over for what LeBron has meant to the game. There's, just, there's, no, there's not one person. You have a league 
uh, worth of guys, but not one guy. They essentially are looking to see if they can make Zion be that guy. I mean, when you, yeah. when you listen to him, he's super lovable. He's super charming. Um, everyone around the league seems to, to love Zion. So he very likely could try. Um, not Let me not say that. The league very likely could be trying to. I don't want to say he could be. The league could be trying to um, have him fill LeBron's shoes. So how do you do that? Uh, you shove him in our face. Um, which is essentially what you're doing by giving an unproven team. Like, he's not going to a team of veterans, because um, then that could, that could make more sense. He's going to a team of other young guys. So, essentially, you are shoving him in a uh, sink-or-swim situation to where it's kind of like um, they're going to force him to live up to that hype. Uh, same way I thought uh, Lonzo's dad was forcing him to live up to hype that he just genuinely would have had to if his dad wasn't speaking as much as he was. Um, you're the number one overall pick. Like, you have to live up to that. Um, so, to me, I kind of look at Zion, and I'm like, they want this guy to be what LeBron was to the league. Um, and the only way to do that, especially if the guy's talking about not doing the dunk contest, he's already uh, got his foot in <laughs> as trying to be LeBron. Um, so, to me, the 30 games is outrageous, especially if you're telling me the Knicks don't have anywhere near that. Um, I do feel as though it is outrageous. Um, but to me, like I said, from a business standpoint, it seems as though they're looking for a guy to replace LeBron since the league does not have it. Um, and Zion, essentially, is going to be their scapegoat, really, um, in trying to fill the void of LeBron. Because to me, it was a huge problem with you telling me that the, uh, the playoff ratings went down last year. Not drastically, but did go down. When I thought the playoffs were the best, it, it has been in years. Um, so for you to tell me that, it seems like it was low because there was no LeBron. So what are you going to have when, it's, when, when you go into a, a league year with no LeBron? Um, I think right. Silver's looking at that and is like, I dread the day. So what's the best way to prepare for that? Let's build another LeBron. Um, and a guy who essentially is coming into the NBA season the same way LeBron did, um, with the height, with the, the their games yeah. are almost the same. Um, so to me, it kind of just seems like this is what they're doing, and that is the only reason why they have thirty televised games. Yeah, um, yeah, and that makes sense. And like I said, I'm going to relish the opportunity to watch Zion. I just think I didn't expect it. I guess is I'm not as I'm not really put off by it or upset by it or anything like that. I just didn't expect it. I was like, wow, 30? That's that's fucking crazy, man. Um, <laughs> like, dude, that's that's almost half their games. Like, 41 yeah. would be half. Like, that's fucking crazy. Um, but, like, yeah. Uh, I, um, it, but, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Watching Zion, man, everyone's going to want to do it. So in that in that sort of context, um, it does make it does make a whole lot of sense. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the numbers are um, for his first game, um, and you know what what uh, obviously what they'll be able to, um, I guess, drum up uh, throughout the season as far as like a um, how much more intrigue there are for the games that he's playing in versus some of the other 
um, games that maybe have uh, like I think the Hawks have two um, TNT games throughout the year. Um, that the, their the, their other nine national games are NBA TV games, so they only have two that are like legit. Um, but they're like against Miami. Like you know, it'll be interesting to see like what the ratings are for that versus like you know um, a you know Pelicans versus I don't know fucking Phoenix or you know kind of some other lesser team. Um, but yeah, I mean we'll we'll see. It's 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 just a little crazy to me. I was I was not expecting that. But anyway, let's I'll, move on. Um, all right, go ahead real quick. Oh, no, no, I was just going to say really quickly, we'll know definitively if that's what the league is trying to do. If the Pelicans struggle this year, don't make the playoffs, and have even close to as many uh, televised games next year. We'll know that it's literally because they're just trying to build up another LeBron. I think that'll make it almost crystal clear. Yeah. Well, I I think it's pretty clear already. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, obviously, no. I and I wouldn't have – I wouldn't even necessarily say it's a counter to LeBron as much as it's just like they they recognize hype when they see it, and everybody's hyped by this kid. Um, and and I think the LeBron aspect to it is a part of it, sure, but like a smaller part. Like they would be doing it even if LeBron, um, you know, was was had ten years left. They'd still because because then it would be could this guy be the guy to you know. Um, to take the mantle from LeBron, um, you know, or whatever, not the guy who gets the torch passed to him. You know, it would be different phrasing is all I'm saying, but like just the, 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 the marketing and the buildup and everything that's behind Zion. Um, like everybody just wants to watch him. Like everybody wants to watch him. So um, I think, you know, that's, that's certainly what it boils down to. I, Definitely don't think like I'm not as high on the Pelicans as you are and a lot of people are. Um, I think they'll be fine. Um, I think honestly, it's weird. I think they have too many like too many good guys and not enough like not enough like great great fits. Um, they like they don't have anybody who like is a great fit next to Zion. Like not one or JJ Reddick. They have JJ Reddick. Great fit next to Zion. That's it. <laughs> I guess. I mean, you could say Drew Holiday just because he's such a good defender and he does get other people involved and everything, but he's not a great shooter. Um, and he's not really a point guard. Like, he's a combo guard. Um, kind of plays better off ball. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe that kind of can fit with Zion since he can handle the ball a little bit and, and play a little point forward. Um, I don't know if I would want him doing that this season. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, they have so many good dudes on that team, and I don't know if they're going to have enough minutes to go around. I don't know if they're going to have the fit to work it out. Um, but regardless, we're all going to tune in to see it because Zion's going to be playing. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. I wanted to ask you real quick before we get out of this schedule uh, schedule stuff, um, which all-star return are you most looking forward to out of all the ones you know that we could get, whether it's Say Kyrie going back to Boston, Kawhi going back to Toronto, Russ going back to OKC, uh, Paul George going back to OKC, Christoph Sprzingis going back to New York. Like, which one of these stands out to you as the one you know you're not going to miss? Whew. 
Crest going to OKC. Um, that's gonna that stands hmm. out to me the most, only because it's the only situation out of all of those teams you just named where the guy did not leave. He was traded. <laughs> so now again, he was a part of of being traded, but it wasn't like you got to get me out of here. I'm tired of playing for right. this organization. It was more so, dude. We just traded like your your sidekick. We're we're just looking to rebuild. Do you want to go? Yeah, I'll go. Um, so I want to see the love that is given to Russell Westbrook that is deserved for Russell Westbrook. Um, the Kawhi situation, Toronto knew the day he was traded, there was no way he was ever going to stay. Um, so that, sh- that should be um, love, not hate. The others, if there's anything but hate, I will be disgusted. If Kristaps goes mm-hmm. there and there's one clap, I will, I, I will never forgive the Knicks organization. The organization, not just the fan base. Uh, I want the organization to get a little feisty. Um, Jimmy going to, to Philly, that shouldn't, that shouldn't be applauded because it's like, Jimmy, you should have stayed. Like, Tobias stayed. You should have stayed. Um, so, I mean, there's a few of them that it should just deserve hate. So, if there's any love, I'll be disgusted. The one that deserves all the love is Russell Westbrook, and I just want to see how well-received he is um, by OKC. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I absolutely uh, 100% feel you there. Um, the one that I'm there's I I have two two frames of mind here. Um, one I'm obviously interested to see Kyrie returning to Boston because I want to see just how much hate. <laughs> like I want to know like how like how bad it's gonna be. Um, because I I can imagine it being pretty bad. Um, but Boston's got a uh, got you know, a, a a penchant for being able to dial it up to 11. So I want to see, like, how, like, obviously we don't want any sort of violence or anything stupid, um, but, like, how loud can that arena get? Like, can they try to shake Kyrie? Can Kyrie go off and, and you know, essentially lead the Nets to a big W going back there? Um, and it's you know the day before one? Thanksgiving. So that's – that's um. That that kind of sets a little bit of intrigue there too. What's up? No, I was just gonna say, you know what I want? I would desperately love it if Brad Stevens has the genius to make either Tatum or Brown be the one that guards Kyrie. Um, in the sense Ooh. of those are the two guys who Brown. felt like you know, who felt hurt the most by him kind of just being that big ego and not really, you know, kind of guiding them instead of just being like, You should just know this. Brown. Like, we're, <laughs> we're new. Um, so I would love Brown. to see either one of those two. Brown, I'd be not either fine one with that. Brown, <laughs> I'd be fine it's with gotta Brown. be Brown. Because be... Tatum, he and Tatum were kind of cool, like because they were both Duke guys and they got along better than than most other people in that locker room. Um, I think Tatum had more issues with Hayward. Brown fucking hated Kyrie, like fucking hated him. So like, I mean, there's there's like all these. I mean, there's various reports. Um, Jackie McMullen wrote a really good report about it. Um, but there's like literally like shots of like Kyrie talking to, to Brown and, and Brown just like being like, what the fuck is this motherfucker talking about? Flatter thinking <laughs> son of a bitch. Get out of my face. Like you can just see it. Like it, it is like eyes. It's, it's like so palpable. Um, and like, 
That, yeah, that's what I want him to guard Kyrie the whole fucking game. I would love it. Um, but the other one that I'm interested in that like it's definitely not the most interesting to me because I'm I'm more just curious. I want to know what the OKC crowd does when Paul George goes back there. Um, I, if I had to guess, I would say there's maybe some slight booing. Um, nothing crazy. It's it's a pretty normal game. But you never know. That crowd could get really aggressive um, depending on how they really perceive the narrative of what happened. Because the narrative the OKC has been selling their fan base is, well, we didn't have a choice. Paul George wanted to be traded. We had to trade him. Well, no, you didn't. You just got an offer you couldn't refuse. Um, and then, like, because we had to trade Paul George, well, then we had to trade Russell Westbrook. Um, I wonder how much of that will seep over into the fans when the Clippers uh, come to town. If I don't, I don't even know what the schedule's like. I don't know because obviously Paul George um, isn't going to be playing at the start of the season. I would imagine they'll have they'll play each other at least three times. Um, but uh, but yeah, if that if that matchup does happen, that would be interesting to me um, to to see just how the crowd reacts to him. Like I said, I would. I would hope and kind of think that it would be almost nonchalant. Like you would embrace the guy. He was only there for two years. Um, but I would think too that you that you shouldn't overreact to him requesting the trade. Um, but maybe they'll maybe they feel differently. I mean, it's not my team, so you know maybe people who really root on that team feel like that was the 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 kind of straw that broke the camel's back and made all of these moves have to happen. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? No, they 100% have to boo him. They 100% have to boo him. It does not matter. I'm not saying they don't they, – they're not going to boo him. I'm just saying, like, I don't feel like he warrants the kind of boos, like, you know, like not like a Kyrie Irving-level boos. Um, you know, I just I don't see anything like that. You know what I mean? Well, see, no, 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 no. It's it's worse. Hold on, I knocked one of my headphones out. It's worse. Cause what Kyrie are you talking said, about? Here's why Paul George, Paul George leaving is worse than Kyrie. Kyrie at the beginning of the season is like you're gonna have to wait, wait, hold on, one second. Cut. You're gonna have to really yeah, sell me. You're gonna have to really sell me on the fact that OKC got five first round picks for Paul George and how anything that you're about to say can make that worse than fucking what, what Boston losing Kyrie for nothing. <laughs> you look at it. You look at it, Nick. This is what you have to remember. You look at it from an organization standpoint, right? Their fan base is looking I'm, at it from I'm, the standpoint I'm looking at it from of, any standpoint. Like, even no, if you're just a fan of that no. team, you, you should be looking at it like, well, damn, like, look no, at all this fucking draft capital we got there. No, no, because you don't know what that's going to pan out to be. You had a sure thing with Westbrook sure. and Paul George. So what I'm saying is if you're a fan base that does not pay attention to the idea of, oh, we got all these draft as, you know, uh, prospects back or whatever, like that, that to them, they want to see winning. That's what they're used to. That's what they've known since Durant and Westbrook first uh, got there. That's what sure. they're used to. They now have to possibly go through – a rebuild, something that they did not have to go through since uh, uh, going from Seattle to OKC. So that's, that's something that you're going to have to sell people who aren't that deep in the idea of how the NBA works. 
So the reason why right. I said so it's sell worth. Right, but no, no, no. Hold on. All I'm saying is the only reason why Paul George would warrant more booze than Kyrie is because Kyrie said, if you have me, I'll stay, then left, right? Paul George resigned there and then asked to leave. You wanted to be here. It wasn't like you went into free agency and someone, um, you know, made you want to go there instead of staying here. You went out and said, there's nowhere I'd rather be than here and then left. I boo that more than I boo the guy who did not give me a guarantee, like a sign on a paper saying he was going to remain here and then left. I get you on Paul George at least left you with a, a uh, you know, a plethora of options going forward. I'm looking at it yeah. more so of what you signed here because you wanted to be here. And tell me you ain't excited about that shit. No, and <laughs> I'm telling you, as, as soon as OKC dribbles, Maybe the perception is different, but I'm looking at it from a standpoint of one guy just said he wanted to stay and then left. Cool. Happened. Another guy signed here to stay here and then ended right. up leaving. Not four years right. later, five years later, a year right. later. <laughs> he and you got back all this fucking awesome shit. Like, I blew that. Like, that you were ridiculous. You were so ridiculous for that. So what are you saying? It would, it would have, like you would, it would have made, like you'd have been, you would, so you wouldn't have booed Paul George if he had left last season, and then OKC would have gotten nothing for him. No, 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 Nick, Nick, listen to me. I am not saying it wasn't a smart move on OKC's part. I no, that's not what I'm asking you though. That's I not would what I boo you. Paul George. More than I, Paul George didn't sit in that room and negotiate that for us. I'm not attributing that to to him. I'm booing him. Right, right, right. He signed here to stay here, and then a year later, signing that deal, him signing that deal allowed them the leverage to be able to get all of that fucking all of those assets. Had he just, but what you're arguing, see, what you're arguing is this, like, okay, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but take take Kyrie out of the equation. You're arguing okay. that the fans should want to boo Paul George more for signing and then requesting a trade than if he had just left last offseason. And that is ridiculous. <laughs> but what, what I want you to separate, since you're asking me to separate, I want you to separate separate what it got them. It's like telling Cleveland fans, hey, I get it, LeBron left, but don't boo him that much. At least he left you with Kyrie. Like, he gave you a chance to get Kyrie. No, no, no. I wanted my star player to stay. He decided to leave. It, it does not matter. Ten years from now, no, I'm not going to boo Paul George if I see him in the well, streets in OKC. Right. But now, but yes, like if we're of separating course I'm that. Right, but if we're separating that, then what's the fucking difference between someone signing a contract and then requesting a trade privately? Mind you, not this Anthony Davis shit. They requested it mm-hmm. privately. Um, and then mm-hmm. someone just walking. Then what's the difference because there? Signing means you intended to stay. It wasn't like a so? sign and trade. A yeah, but you're asking me you to see this from the fans' perspective. He literally, Kyrie Irving literally stood in front of an entire fucking audience of Celtics fans and was like, I will stay if you will have me. 
So wh- right. what perspective am I looking at this from? A fan's perspective, because an organizational perspective, which is where the contract should come into play, not from a fan perspective. Because if I tell you, hey, I think I might be there, instead of, hey, I'm definitely going to be there. You booked my ticket. You pay for the meal. You set everything up. I will definitely be there. And if you don't show up, I am more pissed than if you're like, it's a chance I could be there. Like, I, I might be there. Then it's like, all right, well, I set it up just in case you come. So if you don't, no but that's not even what But when Kyrie you definitively said. tell me, you telling me before the season starts, I'll say if you have me, and then leaving towards the end of the season, I understand that because so much can happen in the course of the season. And then it's but maybe the someone allowed you to go sign there. It's not. But you you're arguing this deal. It is. It, on on you principle, it deal. is the same thing. It doesn't matter. He requested no. a trade. They didn't have to trade him. He went in and said, I would like to be traded. I would like to be traded to the Clippers. You should call the Clippers. They probably will give you a really good deal for me. They called the Clippers. The Clippers gave him a really good deal. Like, it's, it, it, no. it, there's no difference. I'm sure Paul George wanted to be there. Did, like, there when he re-signed there difference. last season. And then, you know what? You lose again in the first round, um, and you've had arguably the best season of your career, and you're looking around like, shit, this probably isn't the best fucking scenario for me. Like, I don't see how that's different. You wanted to be here. Kyrie just saying it and not actually putting it into fruition by signing long-term, there is a difference. There is a difference. There is. But my point, you get my point though, right? They both wanted to be there at the beginning of the season. At the beginning of last season, Paul George re-signed. Mm-hmm. Kyrie mm-hmm. announced to all these fans he wanted to be there, right? Mm-hmm. So they both wanted mm-hmm. to be there. At the end of the season, neither one of them any longer want to be there, or maybe in, in Paul George's case, he would just prefer to be somebody somewhere else. Um, and, like, so, like, that ends up transpiring. Um, he asked for the trade. The trade is granted. Um, and, like, everything happens. Like, he wasn't out there pulling this Anthony Davis shit, like, leaking shit. He just, like, he wanted to go play in, in for the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard. Like, Kawhi Leonard reached out to him and was like, bro, I really want to play with you. And he was like, bro, that sounds fucking dope. Like, and we could team up in L.A. Shit, well, I'm fine with the Thunder. Well, you know, you could always go request a trade. So he requests a trade and gets traded. Like, it's still, like, a better situation. I I, I, I fundamentally disagree with your take on this. <laughs> and I'll say again, bravo to Paul George for wanting to go. Bravo to the to OKC for getting back what they did. I don't have a horse in a race. I'm just saying if I'm an OKC fan – I'm a thousand percent booing Paul George. I don't care that you got me a treasure chest back. I am booing you for being here for a year, re-signing a year, and then asking to go. Does not matter why. Does not matter why. And again, it's not like OKC went from uh, a four seed to now they're not even in the playoffs, and now you're like, you know what? I don't want to be here anymore. They were in the first round, and you didn't particularly play all that well to keep them from being eliminated in that first round. So it's like, uh, no, I'm definitely doing this. Well, whatever. Paul George is the best player on that team last season. Um, and I agree. Like, that team's run was over. They weren't going anywhere. Everybody won in that I situation. Agree. 
Everybody won. The fucking I Thunder have no won. disagreement. They got to restart their rebuild. Russell Westbrook won because he got to join a contender, and Paul George won because he got to join a contender. Those two players together with that core around them weren't contenders. So, like, I don't know. I don't think – I think Kyrie leaving makes Boston not a contender. Like, very, very, like, point blank. Um, I don't think OKC ever was a contender. So, like, I don't know. That's whoa, whoa, whoa. That hold on, a bigger hold on, deal for hold me. On. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, time out. A team with Russell Westbrook and Paul George, not a contender. Kyrie not the past is what made years. that team a contender? No, no, I, I'm right asking. Now? Kyrie is what, made the, is what made Boston a contender. Kyrie was what was going to give them the ammunition to trade for Anthony Davis. Without that, they couldn't make that trade, and thus they're no longer a contender. Like, they, they no. would have... They would have made the Anthony Davis trade had Kyrie stayed. Like, I get what no you're doubt saying, in my mind. But I'm asking you, I'm asking you, do you think Kyrie made that team last year a contender? That's what I'm trying, no. to, trying to figure out. Oh, okay, all right. That, no. That's all I was trying to figure but out. But him okay. leaving, right, you're scaring me. Leaving, <laughs> no, no, but, like, him leaving made it so they didn't have a shot at being a contender, you know, in the next at least couple of years. And then that also – catapulted into them losing Al Horford. So it's like, it was like a double fucking gut punch, you know? Like, um, you know, I, I don't know. I think that, that, one, that one's got to be the biggest. That one's definitely got to be the biggest. Um, the biggest but, boo? I mean, I get booing. I get booing Paul George. Some some slight boos, like a little bit here and there, but nothing like what Kyrie's going to get come, come when he returns to Boston. Should not be. Should definitely <laughs> well, be. Um, the biggest boo is going to be Anthony Davis. It, neither one of them will come anywhere near what Anthony Davis is about to get. Uh, I don't know. I think Kyrie is going to get going to get the biggest, but we'll see. Um, all right, let's move on. Um, so, want to go back and talk about this uh, Rich Paul rule real quick. Um, six hours after Rich Paul published an article, uh, pretty much obliterating the NCAA via the Athletic. Um, they amended their rule requiring agents for college players uh, testing the NBA waters to have a four-year college degree in order to represent um, those potential NBA clients. Um, this is, uh, like, smart on the NCAA. Um, I'm just – I can't say I'm surprised it took them this long, but, like, there was immediate backlash w- with this shit. Like and it still took him a week, and it took Rich Paul basically going on to the athletic and writing like a fucking like really 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 uh, it's it's funny because it's like uh, have you ever heard the I'm sure you have have you ever heard the expression Juwan I will write them a very strongly worded letter <laughs> like that's yes. basically what this was <laughs> and but he wrote it and he published it via the athletic that's what it was. But man, he like destroyed them. Um, if you get a chance, definitely check it out. Definitely go read it. But like, basically, um, you know, he breaks down what we've been talking about for about a week now, as far as why this rule is insufficient, why it's it, it has essentially does not set out to achieve anything that they are saying that they want to achieve. Um, and so, you know, they backtracked and, and, and decided, you know, to kind of um, 
switch up how they're going to do it. Um, makes sense. I'm glad the NCAA did it. I'm glad that they decided, all right, well, we're not going to have this, obviously, this, this you have to have a four-year bachelor de- degree. Obviously, Rich Paul does not have a four-year bachelor degree. Um, but, yeah, so they, they, they took this out. They're not going to have that. They're going to obviously tweak it and have some different qualifications. Look, I have no problem with them having certain qualifications. Um, but, uh, you know, again, it's just – it's a classic case of, um, <laughs> you know – I'm not going to give you too much credit for doing the right thing when you started off by doing the wrong thing and then decided to not do that wrong thing. You don't get credit like later for for deciding not to do the wrong thing you said you were going to do because everybody else talked you out of it. Um, so that's about where I stand right now. Um, but, hey, at least they did um, decide that they weren't going to implement that rule. Um, what are your just kind of overall thoughts on this whole fucking shit show from the NCAA. My thoughts are really quick, Nick. Um, my biggest thing is, would you say the NCAA has the kids' best interest at heart? No. So then I don't really get how you could uh, say someone else doesn't or someone else needs better qualifications to do so. Um, you are point. making money off of these kids every day. And not just small change, a lot of money off of these kids. Yeah. Uh, you essentially took away college basketball games, um, you know, out of fear of if, we, if graphics get better and they start looking like the kids, we might have to pay the kids because, you know, we're using their likeness. So you went away from that. Um, you know, so to me, it's like you do everything to keep these kids at bay while you make millions off of them. So, I mean, if a kid wants Rich Paul to, um, you know, to represent him, if you look at the list of names that are represented by Rich Paul, I don't get why, um, you know, you wouldn't trust the idea of these kids going to Rich Paul. I mean, Rich Paul, uh, you know, obviously LeBron, John Wall, Draymond Green, Tristan Thompson, Caldwell Pope, um, uh, a few other names I can't think of right now. Um, oh, no, I got it. Uh, ben Simmons, Eric Bledsoe, uh, Montrez Harrell, uh, Bridges, AD. So, I mean, if I'm a kid in college, I'm looking at that list of names, and I'm like, yeah, I want to go with that guy. <laughs> like, I want to go yeah. with the guy who, um, you know, got AD where he wanted to be. The guy that got John Wall one of the most frustrating contracts in NBA history. Uh, like, I want to go there. I want to be represented by that guy. Taken in the top ten right. this this yeah. year, yeah. So to me, yeah, I think and that's anything. Go ahead. Well, that's the other thing. It, it, it's you know, and I, I brought this up on the last show with Luke. It's not really about um, you know shackling Rich Paul per se. It's more about shackling the next Rich Paul. They don't want another Rich Paul. Um, they don't like dudes coming into their industry and shaking things up. Essentially, like I try to tiptoe around it. Like I, I a because you know, and I said this again to Luke last week. I don't necessarily think I'm the best qualified person to speak on like racial uh, issues um, and like what is racist, what's not racist, what where is intent, those kinds of things. But like 
you know, it certainly seems to fucking trend that way. Um, and I think there are probably enough people who are more qualified than me saying it. Um, so I don't feel that uncomfortable going out on that limb. Um, but they don't like a guy like Rich Paul who kind of came out of nowhere, made a brand for himself. Um, and, you know, you can sit here and argue what LeBron James's involvement was and whether he would have been able to achieve his level of success without him and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, that's all fine and good that you can – that's a different argument for a different day. But the man was still able to achieve this amount of success based on, like, his merit, his intelligence, what he was able to do, um, you know, regardless of maybe the slight leg up that he got from LeBron. And you know what? Like, I don't hear any of these rich white dudes complaining about the leg up that they have. Um, so, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think they want more of these guys. They don't want more guys it's, coming in and and saying, hey, look, I'm pretty good at this. I have a knack for this. Um, you know, I could represent a lot of different guys. We see more guys – look at Tobias Harris's uh, father and his relationship um, and the way he was able to um, help you know, negotiate his contract with Philadelphia. Look at uh, Uncle Dennis with Kawhi. What if these guys were to go out and say, you know what, I'm pretty fucking good at this. Like, I could actually like, help a lot of guys. Um, and then you got all of these guys who you – know, all of these guys who didn't go through – the normal, the normal way, the normal routine uh, that are that are kind of coming out of nowhere, but they're really good at it. And all of a sudden, um, you know, the the, the market um, is is not what it used to be. And by that, I mean it's like not a bunch of white dudes anymore. Um, that's scary to uh, an organization like the NCAA. It's not. See, that's the thing. It's not scary to the NBA because they're forward thinking. They're they're not in that same limelight. But when you take a look at the NCAA and how it's run by a bunch of old white dudes, they don't like that. They don't want that kind of shit. So they're like, yeah, we'll let you have agents, but like, we really don't want the, like the guys without four year degrees. Um, And that's just a way it, it could be at least a way of them saying, yeah, we don't want the rich Paul types. And it's not rich Paul that it's going to affect. It's going to be the next rich Paul. Well, my biggest thing is it's inevitable. Uh, the biggest thing I tell my siblings is we no longer live in a world to where it's like, wait, you didn't go to college. How do you expect to have a career? We live in a world right. today where you don't have to go to college to be successful necessarily. Because, Nick, how many people uh, would you say you know, because I know a few, that have gone to college and are still not in the field they went to college for? Um, I mean, my brother get in. (laughs) So, I mean, like, that's my prime example of you are going to have more kids that look at it and go, wait, no debt and still be able to do what I want in life or debt and the possibility of not doing what I, so to me, it's the thing of, it's it's inevitable. So you are going to have more rich Pauls because I just saw on NBA TV, Kawhi got one of his friends on the coaching staff for the Clippers. So it's like that power. That those that him and Uncle Dennis have been able to create is going to expand. Now, whether that means uh, getting more of his his friends or, or, or whatever involved in the NBA, or 
Does that mean Uncle Dennis finds a way to become the next Rich Paul, maybe get a, another player under his belt? It's all possible, um, and I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, I think the only time we've seen something from Rich Paul, well, two times, um, where it just essentially was like, wow, that was bad, was the AD situation and the fact that the yep. Wizards are stuck with John Wall. Outside of that, there's been nothing <laughs> yeah, bad hey, coming hey, hey. from anything yep. Rich Paul. Hey, that, but hey, Rich Paul got his client paid, so Rich Paul did his yes. fucking job. No, I am. I I commend. I think that's great on him and John Wall's part. I'm thinking more so for Washington and how yeah, they're not no, able to move for forward <laughs> because of that, yeah. right? But to me, if more Rich Pauls happen, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, look at guys like Rob Palenka when he was an agent. How much, how much everyone around the league hates that guy. So to me, it's right. like college and you end up becoming a guy like Rob Palenka or someone who is forward and outside of the box thinking like a Rich Paul who has built something for himself. Again, yes, did he have the advantage of, of LeBron? A hundred percent, sure. But once you become an agent, it's not easy. Like you can't just go, hey, like I'm friends with LeBron, come sign with me. Like, no, you have to right. build something to where players go, I trust you. And he's been able to yeah. do that. So I don't even – factor in the idea that um, he has LeBron on his side because once you get there, you got to stay there, and that's not easy. Right. He's been able to sign some of the bigger names in the NBA, which means he's been able to stay there once he started. So right. to me, I respect that, and I do hope we get more guys like Rich Paul, whether they're black, white, Spanish, Asian, Indian, it doesn't matter. Just more guys who do it the harder way than necessarily the, the easier way of the you know, necessarily going through college, finding the better channels. I like guys that find, um, you know, harder ways, and then once they're there, they work their butts off to stay there because it's not as easy for them as it would have been someone who actually graduated. Yeah, well, but, like, that's the other thing. That's the other thing that's, like, interesting. Like, you don't – none of these guys who are agents who have four-year degrees, they didn't get a four-year degree in becoming an agent. <laughs> that's not right. how that works. Like, so again, we're talking like, cause that's something that you brought up earlier was how many people do we know who went to school for, got a degree in something, and then they do something completely different. Cause so many careers nowadays don't have degrees set up for them. You know, like they're not, the world isn't as black and white as it used to be in that regard. Um, so yeah, I mean, yet another reason why, I mean, I think it boils down to, Somebody who, you know, doing it that way will probably get you, you know, the more ins and outs, the better connections and those kinds of things. But, you know, um, obviously Rich Paul did it in a way where he was like, fuck that. I don't need their connections. Like I have one connection that is the best player in the league, and other than that, I'm just going to fucking prove my worth by getting guys paid. Um, and right. he's done that tenfold. Um, and continues to do that for his clients. Yes, he's had just a few got along Draymond. the way. Um, yeah, exactly. Just got Draymond paid. Um, and yeah, he's had a few along the way where he's messed up. I mean, obviously, and we don't know um, how much of it is necessarily him or, you know, um, maybe just the client thinking, well, fuck, I could get more than that, you know. Um, but obviously, Caldwell Pope should have taken that four year deal um, from the Pistons. Um, he would have made a lot more money had he done that. Um, so there's there's some here or there, 
Um, but I think you could put that as much on the player as him. Um, I think his his track record overall has been really solid. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I really do. I think uh, I think it's it all boils down to um, you know when especially when it comes to players that are those kind of fringe players, those testing the waters players um, that you know this this rule pertains to. Um, you know what it really boils down to is you know, to try and limit the scope um, as much as the NCAA possibly can. They can't do anything for guys who are just outright elected they're going to the NBA. They know they're going to get drafted. They don't have to worry about a a fallback plan. But for the guys who are testing the waters and aren't sure and they want to, you know, kind of um, be able to see things and, and figure things out, like the NCAA still wants to have some measure of control over them. Um, and that's that's what it screams to me. But um, you know, I'll, we'll see. I I still just I still always go back to it's just bullshit that a um, it, that anybody, much less like anybody, but you know, particularly because it's of focus, NCAA athletes can't make money off their likeness. It's just fucking so backwards to me. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you just said exactly what I was gonna say. The, the idea of the idea that the kid is making your institution millions of dollars, but his mom can barely afford to keep the lights on is baffling to me. Um, so, I mean, until they get that right, there's not much I do want to hear from the NCAA about yeah. what people should be able to do or not do until um, they get that right. So once they get that right, I'm yeah. all ears to, to hearing whatever they have to say. But until then, I mean, that's why I agree with you. I'm not giving them a, a pat on the back for, for getting this right when they still get the biggest injustice in sports wrong. Um, so until they fix that, I can care less what they got to say. Yep, 100% agree. All right, let's move on. I want to talk uh, kind of briefly uh, about which second- and third-year players do we expect to make a big leap. Um, so I was just kind of kicking this around the other day. What made me, Here's what made me think of it. Um, there's been the reports that Trey Young has added 12 to 14 pounds of muscle uh, in the offseason, just working out and trying to get stronger. Um, and, and, and obviously he's uh, a smaller guard in the NBA, so it's, it's obviously important for his health and everything else that he has that added muscle. Um, and then you got the uh, second-best rookie from last season and Luka Doncic, <laughs> like how I snuck that in, um, who like is has really slimmed down this off season. Like one of the big reasons that he trailed off, at least you know, I think there was a couple factors. I think the the changeover on the team obviously didn't help, um, but I think the biggest reason um, was uh, the fact that you know they he he got fatigued. You. You could just see it down the stretch of the season. Last couple months of the season, he was terrible. Um, so uh, he's gotten slim. So it just kind of made me think, like, who are these guys who that we think that we got to see play as rookies last year? They're really going to stand out. And I want to kind of separate. I think I think Luca already stood out at the beginning of last year. Trey really stood out at the end of last year. Um, I bring them up just to set the stage, but I don't really want to talk too much about them because I think they've already proven a lot to us. Who do you think outside of those two guys 
Do you, do you have like a guy who really stands out to you who was a rookie last year who you think is going to like really impress this year? Whew, uh, that's tough. Thinking outside of the box, meaning not my team. Um, I would really like to see uh, that kid Cleveland drafted last year uh, take a major Sexton. step forward. Yes, um, I like Sexton. Uh, I, I think he definitely has a, a really good game. I think it's it's a bit, um, you know, uh, snuffed out because he's in Cleveland. But to me, it's like Kyrie was able to make a name for himself in Cleveland. Um, you know, so th- there should be no reason why if you play well, you don't make a name for yourself also. And I would really, really, really like to see that kid um, take a huge leap forward. But if I am going by it, I have three guys on my roster <laughs> that are going to see a huge step Pick forward. Pick one of them, Danny. And that's <laughs> if, if I'm only picking one, I'm honestly going to go with the one guy who I think is going to be harder to, to showcase um, his talent, and that's Trier. Um, because they just drafted Barrett. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit harder for Trier to kind of find his spot because the Knicks really like Dobson, like a lot. Um, and Dobson yeah. sometimes plays the two, plays the three. Um, so if you're Trier and you're not playing well, you're getting snuffed out by RJ. You're getting snuffed out by Dobson. Um, so I want to see Trier because he had a lot of inconsistencies last year. Um, but he showed you that he can be that guy. Um, and I want to see him kind of bring that out more. And I think because the level of competition is higher this year than it was last year, just for that roster, um, he's going to have to showcase a lot more and, and be a lot more consistent. So hopefully Alonzo Trier does that because Isozo, you don't get that name, you know, uh, by luck. You get that name by skill. And you got to <laughs> showcase that a lot more this year than you did last year. Yeah, no, I mean, I hear you. Um, yeah, the guy the guy who really stands out to me, well, there's a couple. I think I don't necessarily know if he's going to make that, that big second-year leap, but I really did like Shea last year. I feel much more comfortable with, like, thinking that if he was still on the Clippers, but because he's on the Thunder, new guys around him, it's going to be a learning period again. Um, having to play with Chris Paul is just going to be weird because um, you're playing with another point guard, and that's really your position. Um, so I don't necessarily expect him, um, though I do really like him a lot, and I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, and, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I hope um, that they're able to kind of make a, a Chris Paul deal relatively um, quickly so that, you know, they can kind of move uh into that Shade Gilgis Alexander phase. Um but uh who I am really looking forward to seeing this season. I and and we'll see how much, but the fact that Wendell Carter um is really gonna take over the starting center position for the Bulls. Um I think I mentioned him um, you know, when we were talking about uh the last time you were on, we were talking about who we really like to be this year's Kings. Um, I'm pretty sure I mentioned him. I like him a lot. Like, I think he's got both good, like good defensive upside. I think he's got some ability to stretch the floor if they utilize him, if they want to utilize him in that way. Um, I definitely think he has, um, that ability. Um, he's not, he's a pretty good, uh, shot blocker. He can, he can bang in the paint when need be. 
Um, he's just a very versatile, very talented big um, who I think if they groom him the right way can really kind of fit in today's NBA. Um, but the number one guy I'm looking at right now is Jaron Jackson. And he was good last year. Um, he was hurt for a little bit. Um, but, man, I'm so fucking high on this kid. And now that they got John Morant um, and, you know, seeing that pairing, I'm going to be really excited to see that. It sucks because, like, there's going to be, like, no Memphis games on, like, all season. Um, there's, like, there's like next to none um, that we're going to be able to see. Um, but, uh, nevertheless, I, I, I'm going to try to keep an eye out as much as I can. Um, and, you know, like, try to really follow this team because I am really intrigued by them. I've said it a couple times this offseason, uh, and I really like this kid. Um, I had him third on my board for a huge portion of last season, and then fucking Luke came along and got me to drop him for Bamba, I think. Um, and I ended up having Bamba third and him fourth, which that was a big mistake. Um, but, no, Jackson, Jackson – is going to be a really good player, and I can't wait to see what he does this season. Now that he's got a year under his belt, um, I think he could have that kind of deer and fox type season where, you know, he kind of struggled in his first season a little bit. Not struggled, but he just hadn't quite figured everything out, and then he just kind of puts it all together, and you you just see the light bulb turn on in the next season. So I'm really excited about that. All right, let's talk really quickly about uh, – third-year player or, or two um, that you're kind of looking for, um, looking forward to this offseason, or, or excuse me, this upcoming season, a guy who's entering his third season? Um, Jason Tatum. Uh, that's, that's, yeah. that's my biggest guy. Um, and I think Siba is going to show me a lot of what he's going to bring into this next season. Absolutely. Um but if, if I'm going to tag team in here, I'm going to go Jason Tatum, and I'm also going to go um, his FIBA co-star, Donovan Mitchell. Um, both guys, oh, yeah. I think, did not have the best of years last year. Um, right. Who maybe had a really good rookie year. So I want to see how they bounce back from that. Because it's called a sophomore slump for a reason. Uh, albeit, I think Tatum's was more catered to them not knowing what to do with that roster. Um, but Donovan Mitchell definitely, I think, had a sophomore slump. So I want to see how they're able to rebound from it. I think Feeble will give us a lot of, uh, of uh, a better idea. But those two guys, I need to take huge steps. Because in order for either one of their teams that are both, um, you know, I think very well, very well set up um, for them to win basketball games, if those two guys aren't outstanding there's only so much both of their teams can do. Um, so those two guys are who I'm looking at the most. Yeah. Surprised you didn't go with Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, you know what's weird about him? I, I still can't can't place Dennis Smith Jr. Um, in my mind on that roster. I don't know where you put him. I love Peyton starting, and I still want to hold on to Frank as a defensive piece. So I'm like – I think we need more defense than we do offense. So it's like, I don't know where I see Dennis Smith Jr. for us. But I do like him a lot. But to me, the standouts are Tatum because he had a rocky year last year and Mitchell because I think he had a rocky year last year. Interesting. I got you. That makes sense. Um, the word is that he's been putting in the work this offseason. So we'll see 
I mean, you're, you know, they said that about Markel Fultz last year too. So, um, and we saw where that got us. Uh, speaking of Markel Fultz, um, he's got a fresh start on the Magic this year. That should be interesting. Um, we'll see. Josh Jackson, another guy who's got a fresh start this year in Memphis, also could be interesting. We'll see. Uh, Lonzo, another guy, fresh start this year <laughs> uh, in New Orleans. Those are three out of the top five picks that are all on different teams already after two seasons. Isn't that crazy? Um, yes. But, no, the, the, <laughs> the two guys that I'm really looking looking forward to, um, Jonathan Isaac with the Magic. Um, mm. And this guy, like, take it up another level. Because, I mean, he had a really rough start, you know, to his, to his career. Um, he was banged up. He was hurt a lot. He just didn't get the playing time. Last year, which was – kind of a de facto rookie year. Um, he looks really good in spurts. Um, he looks really solid defensively. He's got so much length. He can play the three, he can play the four. Uh, I think you could even play him at small ball five. He can just put on a little bit of weight. Um, like, he has the potential to be really fucking good, um, and the Magic really need him to be. I think it's funny. As many people sleep on the Magic who just kind of thinking, well, you know, I didn't really get any better. It's like, well, then add any pieces. That doesn't mean they're not going to get any better. Like, fuck, Marco Fultz could be good. Like, he could just miraculously be good this year. Like, we don't know. Like, I mean, it's certainly possible. Jonathan Isaac can make a leap. Aaron Gordon can make a leap. Um, a lot of guys on this team still have a lot of room to grow. Um, so, I, I think that'll be an interesting watch this year. But, yeah, he's one. Um, the other guy, Bam Adebayo in Miami. Uh, Whiteside's gone. This man is freed up. Bam Adebayo has been free to do what Bam Adebayo was born to do, uh, which is dominate the paint, get rebounds, run and gun. Um, I look forward to seeing this this kid play this year. Um, Especially, I think he and Jimmy Butler um, will be a good fit, at least on paper. Um, I don't know how their personalities will clash. Um, If I was a betting man, I would always bet against the personality working out with Jimmy Butler's <laughs> just as a rule of thumb. Um, but uh, I do think that on paper they should definitely work together. Um, and, you know, I just – I really, really like um, the, the, the position that he now finds himself in where he's he's kind of been limited for, for minutes the past couple of years, and now he finds himself as the starter – um, I would presume. I mean, they could start Olenek. I doubt that, though. I don't think they will. I think they will definitely start. He just got injured, actually. Uh, okay, well, then, yeah, they definitely won't do that to start the season. Uh, but, yeah, I think regardless, they were going to start Adebayo. Um And I think he's going to be good, man. I really do. I think he's shown a lot last couple seasons. Like I said, he just hadn't been able to get to playing time because of white side. Um, so now that he's not on the team anymore, um, I think his kids going to have a lot to prove. I'm very much looking forward to uh, seeing what he can do this season. So we'll we'll see. We'll check it out. Um, that's funny. You didn't go with Dennis Smith Jr. and I didn't go with John Collins. So <laughs> you know, we we may be we may be homers sometimes, but not all the time. Um, but uh, anyway, all right. Just wanted to talk about something real quick before we wrap it up. This will be our last topic. Um, according to Mark Berman of the New York Post, and this is a quote from the Post. Uh, the 2020 free agent pool is short on stars, but the Knicks could be one of the favorites for big fish Anthony Davis if the Lakers implode. 
likes the idea of his client in New York, according to a source. Um, one source not really selling me on that. However, I I do think it would make a lot of sense that Rich Paul would like one of his biggest clients in New York, especially considering he doesn't have a big client in New York. Um, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, let's just be real. Like, would you rather have two big clients in LA or one big client in LA and one in New York? Like you want your brand to be as spread out as far as possible. Um, now I don't think you would encourage AD to go to the Knicks. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily think that, um, I don't, I don't really think that, uh, a guy like Rich Paul has that much say over what Anthony Davis is going to do. Anthony Davis is going to do what Anthony Davis wants to do, and Rich Paul is just going to be like, uh-huh, all right, cool. Well, when you need me to negotiate something for you, let me know because um, I can get you traded again. I proved that. <laughs> but, like, you know, if you want to pick where you want to go, I ain't going to fucking talk you out of it. Like, um, I, I think that the LeBron link is maybe slightly overplayed by a lot of people, I guess is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I don't think – I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I mean, it would have to really fucking implode for him to even think about going anywhere. Um, and even if it did really implode, um, like let's say LeBron suffered a career-ending injury. Like let's just go worst, absolute worst-case scenario um, for the Lakers. Like he suffers a career-ending injury, and Andy Davis is just like, well, shit. Like I'm not fucking staying here now. That didn't make any fucking sense. Um, so I think there are better teams out there for him to join like I mean I think best case scenario for the Knicks would be he would sign a one year deal with somebody to then again put himself on the market in 2021 when there's some other guys going somewhere where then he can team up with them in New York that I could see the other not as much but hey um I'll let you live in your little fantasy bubble if you want to. Uh, what are, What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> no, no fantasy bubble. I mean, we we deal in realism. I mean, how many times last year did me and Joel tell you we weren't believing that Durant talk until he signed his name on that contract? We went through heartbreak twice last year, not getting Zion and then not getting um, – I said his name. I said I wasn't going to do it. Number seven. Not getting number seven. Um, uh, don't get so, Bayless shit. Fuck that. No, he doesn't get a name. I I, I don't acknowledge him. Um, but except, no, I mean, to, except you say it all me, the time. <laughs> to me, uh, I am gonna slip up all the time. So let me just put that out there. But to me, <laughs> I, I don't want to put myself in any more uh, scenarios. Um, I mean, to me, it it makes sense if you're looking at either staying with the Lakers or going to the Knicks. Um, even if the, the team doesn't uh, implode, LeBron can only play but so many more years. And you're still right. in your, your youth, AD. So it's like once he's gone, do you really trust that organization to build something around you? Or are you going to have right. Pelicans 2.0 but in L.A.? To me, I look right. at it if I'm going, the only two teams I want to go to are the Knicks or the Lakers. The Knicks roster that they could either put around you this uh, – not this year, I'm sorry. Next year or the year after, to me, I'd believe in more than I would the Lakers. 
um, who weren't even really uh, able to give LeBron a good enough roster last year. Um, wait, wait, wait. I mean, if, you, you mean after sorry. LeBron? Yeah, after LeBron. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't yeah, mean with sure. LeBron. I mean after LeBron. Because um, AD is still I mean, they would at least like have, They would at least have some young talent. <laughs> you know, the Lakers gave away all the young talent. So. Yeah, <laughs> very true. So I'm saying if it's only between the Knicks and the Lakers, um, my non-biased opinion would be long-term, you should go new, uh, the Knicks. But if you're saying that there's other teams he could go to, then by all means, go to those other teams. But if for the sake of this conversation, it's only between the Lakers or the Knicks, I think long-term it would just make more sense to go to the, uh, the Knicks. But by no means do you ever have to worry about me nor Joel actually entertaining the idea of Anthony Davis hmm. coming to the Knicks. Um, because it's – Learned your lesson, not. huh? We're worried about – you said we finally listened. No, I said you learned your lesson. Oh, I thought you said you finally listened. I was just saying, we, we no, were, I was, uh, we were, I was saying it more than both of y'all. I was like, man, like, y'all are getting fucking Katie and Kyrie. Y'all were like, quit saying that. <laughs> yeah, I – Yeah, uh, no, I mean, I, I'll fully admit it. Yeah, we're, 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 not, we're not hitching our wagon to uh, the AD train, although um, I do wish Rich Paul would stop letting things like this leave. Um, now, whether it was just someone from his camp or they got it from Rich Paul directly, stop, Rich Paul. This, this is how New Orleans went south, and this is how the Lakers went south, by things like this, even remotely getting out there. Uh, of where AD would like or where you would like to see AD or where AD would like to just play basketball. <laughs> and stop all well, that and not to mention, I I feel like this is kind of – the report the, – the wording on this report is really strange because it, you know, it only cites a source. It specifically says a source, not multiple mm-hmm. sources or, you know, a close source or just a source. Um, and – it's like when when did this source come across this information? Was is did did this it was this information revealed to said source uh since he's been in LA or was it revealed to said source before he was traded to LA when of course Rich Paul would have liked for him to be in New York. Um there like that would have been a market that Rich Paul would have been very agreeable to. Uh, you know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. That's a very different scenario than if somebody saying Rich Paul said that um, since he was traded to L.A. when he's already achieved being in a good market. So, like, a lot of weird things about this report. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not familiar, um, honestly, with with Mark Berman, um, but it it almost just kind of seems like a like a, a stray editorial that that. A dude's gonna throw out there um, to get picked up um, by clickbait sites to say, essentially, to run a headline that says Rich Paul still wants Anthony Davis in New York or something, you know, like, and which is not mm-hmm. not exactly what he's writing, but he's writing it in such a manner that could easily be um, aggregated as such and then presented in that way, um, and you know. That gets clicks. That gets his name out there. I don't know. I, I, I should, I should probably be less um, um, 
outwardly accusing the guy because, um, I mean, obviously, I don't read his work. I don't know him. Um, but it it, it kind of – it seems like a – just why? Like, why even write the article? But, hey, man, it's fucking dog days of summer. We can only write about baseball um, for so long until people are like, we don't care about baseball. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I guess, uh, you know, you got you to gotta come up with something else. Um, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, we'll see. If I'm Anthony Davis, uh, I signed another one-and-one one to stay there with the last year that LeBron is signed on and then figure things out when it's 2021 and there's a lot of free agents going to a lot of different places. Maybe you can convince LeBron to opt out um, for like a, um, a a lesser deal to get somebody to come there and join um, the Lakers, like to get a Bradley Beal to come play with you guys, or I don't know, fucking Drew Holiday, or you know, best case Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, but like, you know, you cross that bridge when you get there. But I'm definitely trying to set myself up for Anthony Davis, and I'm Rich Paul. To have all of my options available come 2021 when all of those other marquee free agents are hitting the water again. And and looking at this particular offseason as the blueprint and saying, like, look at what all of these fucking guys were able to achieve. Um, like, we could do that and, like, or I could do that mainly. Like, I could set myself up because obviously LeBron's only got, especially at that point, only got a year, maybe two left. Um, of just playing ball, <laughs> not even like may not even be high level ball at that point. We don't know. Um, so Anthony Davis got to be thinking about his future, and and part of that would be keeping his flexibility open. But I would, if I'm Anthony Davis, I would definitely want to stay there the two years that I know LeBron's guaranteed there. Um, and le- like I said, unless you know some terrible shit happens and LeBron has you know. Um, you know, a career-altering injury. Um, but, you know, I mean, even it's just knock on wood, not likely. Um, but all right, let's leave it there, man. Um, no episode of Monday sucked this week, um, but we uh, still have uh, the interview that Dane did posted up from last week, so be sure to go check that out. Um, we will have probably have another show for you on Thursday with myself and Luke Gal. Uh, Juwan, what else we got coming down the pipe this week? Uh, Tia has an interview with someone from Amazon's new hit show, The Boys. I will not tell you guys who yet, but stay tuned for that. It will be coming hopefully sometime this week. That's why I don't want to tell you who it is in case it, it, it falls to another week, but do stay tuned for that. It's going to be a very, very, very fun one. Um, and uh, also stay tuned. We have a new podcast coming to our um, our channel. It's about uh, Dungeons and Dragons, which we did not know uh, had a huge fan base out there. Um, but Dude, I knew it did. So I did. I had no idea. I was completely oblivious to it. Um, <laughs> so stay tuned. Dude, yeah, my friend for, Raya fucking that loves news. that shit. Yeah, I should try to get I had her no idea. to join one of those podcasts. Oh yeah. Definitely. So um, stay tuned for that. That will be releasing on um, all of our major platforms very soon. Awesome. Cool. Um, well, 
Awesome. Thank you all, all for joining us for uh, our second episode of NBA Geekly. We'll, we, like I said, we should be back on Thursday, uh, so be sure to keep a look out there. And as always, we'll be back for Geek 5 Live this weekend, so check us out uh, this weekend for that as well. Uh, we'll see you all uh, Thursday. Until then, peace. Peace.